Okay, starting the second uh, installment of Megillus Esther. So, last week we talked about Akashverosh. Akashverosh came from a very uh, modest background of being a stable boy and eventually became the king. And he had very low self-esteem and therefore he married Vashti in order to ensure that he had some royalty in his Malchus, because she was the granddaughter of Nebuchadnezzar. At the same time, he had to prove himself to the entire world who he was. So he made the party, we said, for 180 days. And we said that in those 180 days, he was showing all the treasures that he had inherited from Nebuchadnezzar. You could only see um, six of those treasures um, every single day, so six times 180 got us to the amount of treasures that um, Nebuchadnezzar had sunk in a boat and was discovered later and eventually Achashverosh inherited. And then we said he made a second party for all the locals because he had turned the whole city upside down and he understood that those who need to be the first ones, he has to win favor in their eyes. He invited everybody from top to bottom. He didn't have to be anything special, um, any type of person. At the same time, the whole point here was to make everybody happy. So therefore, he said that the motto of this party is whatever anyone wants, that's what they get. We have to make everybody happy. And obviously, as HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, you can't make any, you can't, there's no way to make everybody happy. You can make one person happy, the next person won't be happy. So, But this is what he was trying and attempting to do. So any person, whatever they asked and whatever they wanted, they got. And therefore, HaShtiyah Usually in these royal parties there was rules and regulations of how to drink and when to drink and if you're given to drink you have to drink and you have to finish the, the cup etc. etc. But here nothing doing. This party was here to win favor in the eyes of every person. He wanted every person to walk out happy. Now the pastor continues. Vashti over here was getting a little fed up with her husband Achashverosh. She's royalty and he's a stable boy. And he's the one who became into, came into royalty. But he's getting a little too full of himself Achashverosh and she was not happy. Now you'll notice the pastor calls her Vashti Hamalka. She says Vashti who is the queen. And we'll see in a moment the diuk that we'll make on those two words. But there was really no purpose in Vashti making a party. What's she making a party for? Akashverish, we understand, he makes a party for all the political reasons we just explained. But what's she making a party for? So, Chazal tells us, and the Gain explains, she made a party, Gam Vashti Amalka. She also made a party that the Gain says, Min It made no sense for her to make this party. He was making a party to find favor in the eyes of the people. What was she making a party for? But yet... HaKadosh Baruch as we said, was setting up the, uh, the, the board here in order that we could move in the players that we need for the Yeshua of Purim. So she makes this party because she is fed up with Achashverosh and all of his, uh, all of his shtick. Where does she make the party? Based on Malchus HaShel HaMelech HaKashverosh. So the guy explains what do the words mean based on Malchus and the palace HaShel HaMelech HaKashverosh. What other palace was there? So the guy explains 
that she wanted to show him who's boss. There's a special room in the palace, Asher La Melech Only person ever allowed in there was the king. This was his private Yichud room, him and himself. But Vashti wants to show that she's in charge. She's the one who's royalty. So where does she decide to go make her party? She's going to show Akashverish who's in charge. She makes the party in the room, Asher La Melech To show him, I'm the one who's in charge here. Now, on any other normal day, it wouldn't have been perhaps the end of the world for Vashti to show she's in charge. But where are we holding? We're holding Akashverish, who's here has proven to the world, or trying at least, to prove that he's worthy to be the king, he's rich enough to be the king, he's making friends, he's at the top over here of his trying to uh, stroke his self-esteem and make sure, now's not the time to chepper and say who's in charge. Now's not the time for the wife to say, by the way, I'm in charge here. Makes no sense, but HaKadosh obviously is trying to get these two to be at each other. So she makes the party dafka in the place So what happens? It's the seventh day of the party. He's hoping that by the end of this day everybody is going to be so happy. Right? All the people in Shushan are so happy with the king. So what happens? As the Gemara tells us, the the bias Hashalamalakashverish happened to be adjacent to where the men were having their party. And they heard the women talking in the other room, and all of the uh, the men at the party started arguing who has the more pretty women in their country. And uh, Shushan was made up of all different people, and they were arguing, and all of a sudden Akashverish hears a tumult, hears up some achlaikas. What's going on? Everybody's supposed to be happy. This is happy party. Everyone's happy. What's going on? So they come and they say, well, we're having a machlaikas here. Who has the prettiest women? She says, what do you mean? I have the prettiest woman. She says, okay, bring her to us. So he's stuck now. He's a prisoner of his own motto. They said that they want her to come and to see her. And he promised that whatever you want at this party, you get. So he's a little stuck here. So he has to call her to come. So he calls his, his, his advisors here, Shiva Tatsarizim, Hamishar Sibsiamelech, Lahavius Vashti Amalka of Niamelech, Bechesar Malchus. To bring Vashti Hamalka. Now, again, you'll notice, she's called Vashti Hamalka. So he's going to show that his wife is the prettiest. So what does the Pasuk say? Now on any other day, Vashti would have come in her, in her, in just in her crown, without any clothing. She wasn't Mrs. Sanua. You know, she didn't have any problem showing herself off. But not today. Today's the day she's proving she's boss. Her husband wants her to come to show her up. Uh-uh. It's not happy today. So what does she say? The puzzle says about Timoin Hamalka Vashti. Not Vashti Hamalka. The first word shows what's the ikker. Her, she's Vashti, who happens to be a queen. That's how it's been till now. Gam Vashti Hamalka. That's how Akashverish was viewing her. Vashti, who happens to be the queen. Lahavi as Vashti Hamalka. What does she say? Uh-uh. Hamalka. I'm royal. Who are you? You're nobody. I'm the royalty who happens to be Vashti. So she refused. Hamalka. She says, who are you? I'm the royal person here. You're not the king. I'm the queen because you're married to me. You became the king. Now, Chazal tell us, so... Again, this was the day that she would, any other day she would have come, but here she was showing who's boss. So Chazal tell us, 
But she sent him a message and said, not only I'm not coming, my grandfather Nebuchadnezzar could hold his liquor and he would drink and he wouldn't get drunk and you would drink a little bit, you're like a stable boy, he can't hold your liquor. That's the message she sent back. He got angry and his anger burns inside of him. So the Grah explains as follows. The Grah explains that normally the tab of a person is that first you become, if you get angry, you get furious inside. It burns in you. And then when you lash out with your mouth and you scream, so you let it out. Then you calm down. But over here the Pasuk says, He got angry. And then, It continued to burn in him. Why? Because Achashverosh got the message in his ear from the Sarisim that Vashi said she's not coming. And not only did she say she's not coming, she said, you're a stable boy who can't hold his liquor. She has Mivazim. Now he's not going to tell everybody around him what she just said. So, he has no way to let out his anger. He got angry that she's not coming. But he was furious inside that she just insulted him and said, you're a stable boy who can't hold his wine. So, but he had nowhere to let it out because if he would let it out, remember, he's here to prove he's the king. He's going to tell everyone his wife was just him and said that you're a stable boy. He worked for the last 180 plus 7 days to make sure that everybody knows he's the king of the world. He can't say that. So, by if he got angry that she's not coming, but his anger was burning and raging inside him. He had nowhere to let it out because he couldn't tell anyone what she really said. So now there's a problem. What's he going to do over here? What's he going to do over here? So really, the law should be that if a queen or any person doesn't listen to the king, so that's it. They're You kill them. So, but Achashverosh had a problem here. He needs Vashti. Why does he need Vashti? He needs Vashti because she's royalty. He can't get rid of her, like we said. He needs her. He's the stable boy. She's royalty. That's why he married her. So, he has a problem. But now in front of everyone, she didn't listen. Forget the bizarre of the stable boy. She didn't come. She didn't listen. Now you notice the irony here, right? He says, So he's trying to make the people happy for her to come. She doesn't want to come. So now he's trying to force her to come, right? What happened to Lassus? Again, everyone is a prisoner of their own mat over here. She's not coming because uh, this is her day. She's proving who's in charge here. So the way it worked in, in, uh, in, in the Shusha, and in the Cheshverish's country in Mada in Paras so the way it works was that there were two there was three Nakudas we have to say number one is that anything that was Negea to the king personally the king was not allowed to give a verdict on his own meaning if it was in a personal affront to the king he wasn't allowed to give a verdict and the reason is very simple because one day he might you know a minister might come in and he will say to the minister you know I don't like the way you, you shine your shoes this morning, I think you'd look a little, uh, you know, more handsome without your head on, right? That's the end of it, right? They, if, if it was the get to the king, this was a law put into place for the protection of all the people around the king. So if he just gets insulted, he can't just kill you. So there was a special halacha, if it's a personal insult to the king, it's got to go to the courts. So that's why Achashverosh could not pass in this shail on his own. It was a personal affront to him, Vashi didn't come. So he had to refer, refer it to the court system. But they were very smart people. There were two courts. There was the court of law and there was the court of politics. What does that mean? There were two courts you could refer a judgment to. A court of law was you follow the law. 
queen doesn't come, she gets killed. Then there's the court called Vayemer HaMelech LaChachamim Yoidei Ha'itim. They know the times. What does that mean? They judge based on a lot of different things. They take everything into account. Is it a good idea? Is it politically a good idea? So, Achashverosh here was in a pickle. He needs Vashti, but she was just Mavazahim, and therefore he, um, he needs her to be punished, so he's in charge. He can't have her killed because she's royalty. So he can't refer this judgment to the regular court. They'll kill her. So he gives it to the Yoidei Ha'itim. This is the way the king used to do it. The guy explains he couldn't judge it on his own because this was a personal affront. So when the king had a personal affront, he had to go and refer it to either the Yoidei Das, the people who know the times, the political courts, Vodin, and the people who know the judgments. That's the real court. So he referred it to the Yoidei Ha'itim. Why? Because they could get him out of a pickle. They are very good at making sure that everything works out well for everybody. Who are the people? So it says there were seven people who were on this court. Kidas Malasais. Now, what's the message? What should he do? Bamalkavashti. Oh, the son of calls her Malkavashti. Why? Till now she was Vashti Hamalka. Why? Because now he was telling them, don't forget she's the queen. She's Malkavashti. So that he's giving them a hint how he wants things to come out. He wants them to take into account that she's the queen. She's royal and that's why he really needs her. Okay? So take that into account. And then he says, she didn't even do such a terrible thing. It's not like she told him to his face, I'm not coming. It was through a messenger. The messengers went. She said, no. You know, you can already start clearing what really happened. How did she say it? Maybe she was busy. But he was already giving them a way out of how they, could, they have to figure out some type of punishment for her. But but it shouldn't be with the whole throwing the book at her to kill her, because remember, she's Amalka, I need her. Fine. Very happy. So this Achashverosh is hoping that he's stuck in a pickle here, but perhaps this court of public opinion here, the courts of the politics, will get him out of it. So now, the way it worked in this court was there were seven members. Now, Kadesh Baruch Hu had made it that one member had either something happened to him and there was a vacancy on the court and there was a fellow named Memuchan who now was promoted to be number seven on the court now the way this court worked was that it went in seniority so the, oh, the more prominent the oldest person he spoke first then he went down the line to the last guy so really Memuchan should be the last person to talk but says the Pasuk Vayaymer Memuchan Lifnei HaMelech Vassarim Lifnei doesn't mean physically facing them in front of them Lifnei means he cut the line he went in front of them he was supposed to speak last he saw an opportunity for himself what was his opportunity? Haman related very much to Achashverosh why? because Haman was a barber that was his profession and he also had a very politically astute wife named Zeresh and she saw that he's not going to remain a barber and she put him in and she did whatever she could to get him into politics and eventually he's promoted here to this court the problem was um, Haman was an Amaleki he was very proud of himself and he wasn't so happy that his wife also ruled the house Similar to Achashverosh. Haman went Amaleki, he wanted to talk Amaleki in the house. Zeresh said, you don't talk Amaleki in this house. We talk 
uh, uh, Persian in this house because I'm Persian. And finished, she wore the pants in the house. So he said to himself, well, I can relate to the situation. If I could figure out a way to help Akashverosh, maybe I could help myself too. But he was afraid that if anyone talks first, he already heard where Akashverosh is going. If Vashti's let off the hook because she's Hamalka Vashti, Akashverosh, that's not going to help him. So he jumped the line, which was not normal. And he said, I want to propose some changes in the law. You're making a mistake here. First of all, the king, you said, cannot paskin this on his own because it's a personal thing. No, 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 no. The king represents the country. If you make an affront against the king, it's an affront to the whole country. There's no such thing as personal with the king. So So if it's not a personal thing, there's no such thing as personal affronts to the king, so then he could pass in a shilet. It's a shilet for the whole kingdom. So Now what did he say? Don't get so excited. She's just Vashti Amalka. Remember, she's married to the king. We have a king here. She's just the queen. He said, you want to know why it's a personal affront when she doesn't listen, uh, why it's uh, not only a personal affront, it affects the entire kingdom. Because all the women are going to go home and they're going to hear what Vashti did and they're going to say, So they're all going to go home talking that the Malach HaKashverosh called again Vashti HaMalka. He's trying to put her down. She didn't come. And now, what's going to happen? Every person in the kingdom is going to be shamed by his wife. So you can't just say the king can't give a verdict here and punish her on his own because it's a personal thing. Anything related to the king is related to the entire kingdom. So I want to change the law. The king is able to pass in anything on his own. Anything that happens. Now this is a very important nakuda. Very important Nakuda, as we'll see in a moment. So So the first thing is Let him give the verdict here. We don't have to pass in the Shiloh. He could do it. We're changing the law. Now what's now okay, changing the law. So now Akashverish is a problem. What's he going to do? He has to actually show his boss and Paskin the right thing for Vashti. But if he says that Vashti should be killed, that doesn't help Hamas. Because the regular guy at home, his wife doesn't listen to him, he can't say go kill her. If the queen doesn't listen, she gets killed. But how does that help Haman at home? His wife, I want to talk, I'm like you. She says no. Okay, I'll kill you. That doesn't make any sense. So he said a very, very uh, savvy thing. You know what? A wife who doesn't listen to her husband, she doesn't deserve to be able to come in front of him anymore. Now, a queen that doesn't ever get to come in front of the king is a useless queen. So she'll happen to be killed. But that wasn't what he was saying. Because at home, he can't kill her. But he could say, go lock yourself in the room. I'll put you in time out. Put you in the, in the garage. Wherever I'll put you. The doghouse. Right? I'll put you anywhere. But that he could relate to. Killing her, he can't relate to. So he passed, he gave the king an Asa how he could, he's going to have to kill Vashti because he's going to pass in himself. But it wasn't a psak of Misa, it was a psak Asherlei Savoy. So Haman could gain that at home, he'll be able to use this psak. Umachusa, now you'll say, okay, but uh, the king needs a queen? No big deal, we'll find someone at Taiva Mimana. We'll find somebody else. 
And the third thing he proposed is that since this is such a terrible thing that, you know, the women are going to be mevaz with their husbands, so we're going to send out a proclamation Everybody, Every woman has to honor her husband. So now, if we stop here, this makes no sense for anyone to agree to. doesn't make sense for Achashverosh to agree to because he needs Vashti, like we said. He did not want to pask in the Shaila himself. He wanted to give it over to the political court. They should find an Eitzah for him, how he could stay with Vashti, have her punished, and he's still in charge of the country. It makes no sense for any of the ministers to agree to this. We're changing the law. The whole law was put into place to protect them, that the king can't kill them if he doesn't like that the way they look. And now Haman is saying, let's change it. Says the Pasuk, Wow, a wonderful idea. The Melech, the Sarim, says the guy in Haidia Lanu Bazea Kasuk, the Pasuk is telling us, Shakadish Baruchu Mahapech Liba Shaladam. Hakadish Baruchu is running the show here. Shamelech Hutav Bein of Laharagesa. The king's going to kill her. He's happy, even though that's not what he wanted. This was bad for the Sarim. And what ends up happening here, the Goyen said earlier, um, the Goyen said earlier, Alashan, he said, the Pasuk is telling us how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Misabeh Sivuvim, he's the one running the show, Umehapech Libay Shaladam, he turns a person's heart to do things that make no sense, Kedei Lase Sneis. Why? Akashverish was trying to which means the most lowest homeless whatever guy he's going to do his ratzen so he wants to do everyone's ratzen then he's geyser on his wife he decrees that she should come even though she was a princess to come aruma to come unclothed and then he kills her in order to show that he's in charge. Now what was he showing he is in charge? His wife wouldn't even listen to him, and he had to kill her because she didn't listen to him, and yet he's trying to show he's in charge. The whole thing didn't work out like anyone's plans here. But one, per, one, plan, one plan worked out, and that's Atzas Hashem. So, so he killed Vashti they changed the law now why is it so important that they changed the law because many years later when the, when the, when the story of uh, with the, when the whole Mites of Purim happened in the end of Farag Zion over there all of a sudden Charvayna said so Charvayna says look there's this big tree over there Haman had made a tree, a uh, pole or whatever it was the eight, that you were able to see from the palace, because he was hoping to sit down and have a party with Akashverish watching Mordechai hanging from the pole, it was going to be his biggest Hanah and Charvayna says, oh look there is the um, th- there is the pole, now it says Asher Diber the guy over there learns Asher Diber means that it sounds like that Haman said, that'd be good for the king, Akashverish understood it as if Haman was saying, that's a good pole we can hang the king on. So what does the king say? Taluhu Allah. Haman starts screaming, what do you mean? Just because I was Mavazi, you, you're going to hang me? There's a law. You're not allowed to pass in personal affronts. So what they tell him? Haman, 
13 years ago, you changed the law. I'm allowed to pass it whenever I want. By Allah, we don't need courts. So this was a very important thing. Haman set up his own demise there, in the, all the way, this is years before, by the change of this law, enabled the king many years later to hang Haman immediately without any, without any, uh, any courts. So, by Yishlach, Svarim, HaKal Medina, Samelech, Medina, Medina, Kisava, Belambam, Kishayna, Liyos, Kalish, Sarev, Vesai, every man is a ruler in his house, Umedaber, and what language do you have to speak? You have to speak the language of the man of the house. So this was Haman sending out these things. Now this was important as well. What did he have to send it out for? Because Chazal tell us that years later when they sent out Achashverosh, and this was signed in the name of the king. So years later when Achashverosh sent out the, 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 the edict that everyone should be ready for an 11, in, in 11 months to kill the Jews. Remember it happened in Nisan. The story of Purim happened on Pesach in Nisan. Yudgimu Yudalu Tezvav Tezayin. We always say in Shul is Haman's yard sites, we say the second day of Pesach is Haman's yard sites. And, but the edict was in, third, in 11 months in Adar, everyone should be ready. Now, under normal circumstances, when the Skyim would get permission from the king, they would be Zrizim Akhtim in the mitzvah. What do we have to wait till the Zman of the mitzvah in 11 months? Let's start today already. We'll start killing the Jews today. What's the problem? But why didn't they do that? Because they said this king is a foolish king. We remember another edict he gave. Some crazy thing but everybody is in charge of their house. I don't know. Everybody's anyways in charge of their house. No one has this problem. No, they didn't know about Haman and his, uh, you know, I guess Haman didn't write into like the therapy column and the Yatat or anything that he's having issues. So, so don't no one knew about Haman and his issues. Everyone. In everybody's house, they didn't have this problem. So was the king sending out foolish things, foolish things. So they said, you know what? We have to be very careful with this king. He sent out years ago some foolish things. Maybe today also will change his mind tomorrow. And then if we kill the Jew, we'll be in trouble. So they all held off. And that enabled that when the second letters went out, that everything the Jews are able to fight back. So then it turned the tables on everybody. So these were very important things that years before the Purim miracle actually happened, Haman had put into place and this was setting up the Yeshua for Kla Yisrael. So as we said last time that HaKadosh Baruch Hu in these prakim is preparing the Rufua Kaidim Lamaka and what's the Rufua Kaidim Lamaka and that is that we need a Marzchayna Esther who are the two Goyalim the two Redeemers those who are going to bring Kla Yisrael to the Tshuva and the Yeshua and the story of Purim we need them on site when necessary. The first problem we had was Achashverosh had a Vashti. There's only no way under normal circumstances in the world he'll ever get rid of Vashti. He needs her for the security of his, of his, of his kingdom, of his being the king. Right? Now in one parak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had been the Sabib Sivuvim, we got rid of Vashti. Okay. But now we have to, problem number two. We have to get Esther into the palace. Don't forget, Achashverosh is a bigger Sinai Yisrael than Haman, the Gemara says. He hated Jews more than Haman. So even, even if we're able to get Vashti out of the picture, but how are we going to get Esther to be the queen? Esther, the Jew is going to be the king, the queen? How's that going to happen? So the Pasuk Tarek Beis After these, after these uh, things After these times Achashverosh calm down So he remembered some things here 
He remembered Vashti. Now you notice it doesn't say Malka, not before and not after. So Rashi tells us, what did he remember? Ethiopia. He remembered her beauty, Vanessaf, and he became depressed because he didn't have a beautiful wife. Which, Bechal makes no sense. And he's dealing with Ahasuerus here, but forget the beauty. He needed her for his kingdom. What happened to all that? That's not what happened. He remembered Vashti, nothing about her, Malka. He was a very vain person, Ahasuerus. He remembered her beauty, Vanessaf. So now, so the Nare HaMalach Misharsav these are the young people in the palace who are the, ki- are the servants who are these people these are the Shushan boys these are the janitors these are the uh, whoever else who works in the, in the palace they're giving Eitzah Tachashverish now since when does the Shushan boy or the laundry guy start giving Eitzah to the king so the answer is very simple you cannot find one minister anywhere near Achashverosh. Okay? Because Achashverosh first was burning mad. That means he was burning mad for a while. If he's burning mad, don't forget, we changed the law. He could kill anyone on whim. Nobody get anywhere near him. Then he got depressed, which is worse, I don't know. Right? He's depressed. He also might not be happy with him. They all stayed away. There was no one to be seen. The only way anybody came is if it was a real, I don't know, Shatzat Chak, that they had to come to Israel. Nobody was there. So who's around the king the whole day? Who has no choice to be there? The guy who mops the floor, the guy who shines the shoes, the guy who makes the bed. All of the Nari HaMelech Misharsov. These aren't the brilliant uh, ministers of the kingdom. These are the guys who work in the palace. So they come along and they also probably were realizing it's not a good idea to be around the angry, depressed king, but they had no way, so they had to be there. So they got together one day in the coffee room, probably, and they said, let's figure out how we could help the king. We hear him all day moaning, that he doesn't have his Vashti, he doesn't have his beautiful princess, so finish! Let's take care of it! We'll make a beauty pageant, and finish, we'll find the most beautiful girl in the kingdom, that's all he cares about anyways. Now, if they were Chachamim, if they were ministers, they would try to figure out, we don't just need a beautiful queen, we need someone who's going to ensure that Achashver is going to remain the king, and we'll have our jobs. Beauty is also wonderful. They would be, but these, these people, they're not here for their politics. They're here because they, this is what they do. So, gather every Nara Besula, Tevas Mara Shushan Abira, and finish Venosin Tamrukayam, Banara Shertita, Baini Hamelech, Timloch Takas Vashti. So, they say in the girl who will be Tita Bene Amelech, Timlaich Tachas Vashti. Again, again, no Malka here. No Malka Vashti, no Vashti Amalka. We don't need Malchus. These are Nari Amelech. They're not interested in the Malchus. They don't care anything about the politics of this. They just want him in a better mood so he stops killing them or lashing out at them. So he's a Tachas Vashti. She was beautiful. We'll find you another beautiful uh, queen. Again, doesn't really make sense under normal circumstances. He should be looking for another, at least, Malka Vashti or Vashti Hamalka, some type of Malka, something at all. And that's what he did. Now, Pasu continues. Ish Yehudi, another couple of Sukkim. Ish Yehudi, Hayyab Shushan Abira. Ushmoi, Mardachai, Ben Yor, Ben Shimi, Ben Kish, Ishimini. Now, we're introducing now the two heroes of the story, the two Gayalim. Now, 
as we remember, we mentioned that there were two Averis that Kla Yisrael did to deserve this, uh, to deserve this. Number one is they bow down, they bow down to the Selim of Nebuchadnezzar. And number two, the Jews in Shushan, they came to the party, they didn't listen to Mordechai, they went against him. They came and they were Nehenna, they benefited from the Suda of Achashverosh. So now, even though it's true we mentioned last time that we find, the guy says that we find um, every Golos has two Goyalim, there's Moshe and there's Aaron and Mashiach and Galio, and here also Mordechai and Esther. However, perhaps, Rebbe wants to say that since there's two Averis, perhaps each of these Goyalim are here for one of the specific Averis. Meaning, just like there's two Averis and there's two Goyalim, it's not necessarily that both Goyalim are here to bring Klai Yisrael specifically to Tshuva for both Averis, we can match them up one to one that's what he wants to say and it comes out beautifully the way he explains it so we have here Mordechai and Esther and we have bowing down to the Tzalem and we have the um the the Nana Misudas So the Pasuk describes Mardchai Atzadik. His name was Mardchai Ben Yoir Ben Shimi Ben Kish Ishimini. And the Gemara explains that really all of these names that we're saying he's the son of Yoir Ben Shimi Ben Kish Ishimini are actually describing um, attributes of. Mordechai Atzadik, and not just any attributes, all of them have to do with the Kayach HaTfilah. Yo'ir, he enlightened the eyes of Kla Yisrael and Tfilah. Shimi, he brought that the, their Tfilah should be heard. Kish, Kish means he knocked on something. That's when he spoke with his speech, he was knocking on the door. The, the, the Gemara is saying that what Mordechai excelled at was the Kayach HaTfilah. And if you remember we said last time, Moshe Rabbeinu asked Eliyahu Anavi, is there an Ish Kosher Bo'esei Hadar? He didn't ask him if there's a Tzadik in that generation. There's a Tzadik, we're talking about the times of the Sanhedrin, we're talking about Nevi'im at that time. There are many Tzadikim. Ish Kosher, Kosher means someone who is Muqshul Adover, someone who is the right man for the job. This is who, now what does it mean for the job? For this specific Avera, there needs to be someone who has the tshuva, the antidote. What was the Avera of bowing down to the Tzalem? We said last time, it was not Avedazara, it wasn't a real Avedazara. But, it was Chil Hashem. Now, a person in their heart should fear Hashem in a way that when they're posed with such a test of making a Chil Hashem, they shouldn't be afraid of the king, you should be afraid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And you shouldn't bow down. But Klai Yisrael was lacking that. They weren't Ayman bin Yisrael. Tfilah is full dedication to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Not only that, later on, this Nisayan of Purim was a Nisayan that no Hishtadlus was allowed. The halacha was, normally we say, of course there's davening and there's tshuva, but a person has to make a Hishtadlus. When it comes to Purim, no Hishtadlus was allowed. Only Tfilah and tshuva. Why? Because the Avera was that we gave someone else some type of power instead of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We were more afraid of Nuchanetzar than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the tshuva has to be that we only rely on HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When you make a Ishtadlus, 
you're not supposed to obviously, but the tava of a person is that they rely a little bit at least, or sometimes even more than a little bit, on the hishtadlis. And here we have to go to the other extreme. It has to be only relying on HaKadosh Baruch Hu through tefillah. So who's the person who is the right man for the job to bring Klai Yisrael to this level of tshuva and tefillah? Someone who Chazal described as excelling in tefillah. So Ish Yehudi, that was Mardchai. The, the, the Gemara explains all these psukim describe everything about tefillah. Why? Because he is going to be the Gael who is going to help Klai Yisrael do tshuva and the Aveira of the Tzalem. And that's through the power of tefillah and only relying on Baruch Hu. Esther, she's going to bring Klai Yisrael to Tshuva on the, on, the, on the people of Shushan for the Suda Vachashverish. The Suda Vachashverish, number one, they didn't listen to Mardchai. That's Aver number one. He was the Das Taira. As we said last time, the guy says he had the power of a Nasi and he could make Zeris on Klai Yisrael um, of a Reish Galusa. And that's number one. And number two is that they were nene from this Suda. They were nene from the Goyim, what they were celebrating and doing with the Kale and the Beit HaMikdash, and all of the, the, the priests that went on there. So Esther is going to have to excel at the Midah of number one, listening to the Astaira, and number two, in the Midah of Tznias. And the Midah of not giving in to any of this. And she is going to, we're going to stop here now, but next time we're going to see how she's going to be put into a situation where all of the pleasures of Gashmias and everything is there for her to have and or enjoy. And she's going to be tested to see, is she going to be Aymer bin Isayan and be Ra'i to be the one who could help Klai Yisrael come to Tshuva for this Avera or not? And that is going to be the next few psukim, as we've already introduced Marzai. The Megillah doesn't go into extensive detail of how he excelled at Tfilah, but it's clear from Chazal that that's what he excelled at. But we're going to go into detail of who Esther was, and what a tzaddikis and a tznuah she was, so that when she's in place at the right time, not is she only in the right place, she is actually the right person to be there, to be able to help Klai Yisrael do tshuva, and we'll Bez Hashem continue next Sunday.